Bokatov, and welcome back to another in our ongoing series of Shirem Adaf Yomi. We are now beginning the fourth parak of Ketubot, Adaf Mem Aleph Amud Bet, Patata. And this section of the parak really needs no special introduction, like the one that we gave at the beginning of the Masachet, the beginning of the third parak, because the first Mishnah, the first few Mishnayot, really continue on the theme of uh, payment of Knas, and pick up right where the third parak left off. Na'arashinit Patata. So we have a case of Pitui. Boshta ufgama uknasa shel aviha. All of the money, with boshet gam and the knas, go to the father. Vatsar bitfusa. And of course, bitfusa is anusa if a girl's raped, so we add sar. Same thing goes to the father. The rest of the mission will detail um, various um, possible circumstances where the money may not go to the father. It may go to her. It may indeed go through the father to the brothers as Yerusha. So if the case happened before and the father was still alive, then it belongs to the father, which means that if the, at this point, if the money was not collected uh, before the father died, in other words, the case happened, the man was judged guilty, uh, he has to pay the money, but the money wasn't collected and the father died, then it would go to the brothers. It's part of the estate. But if the case did not come to court and the father died, then all the money goes to her. The father is removed and it goes directly to her, just like we had with the Yitoma, and just like we had Rabbi Kiva's opinion about a Mit Arsavanit Garshat. Let's take a parallel example, and that's why on the, on the page I wrote them as uh, parallels. If the case happened before she became a Bulgarit, Haren Shalab, it belongs to the father. Meitav Haren Shalachin. And then if the father dies, it goes to the brothers, meaning the brothers can collect it. Though I speak on the mod but let's say she became a Bulgarian before the case came to court. Haren Shalatzma, belongs to her. Now, Rishimon here disagrees with one thing Tanakama said. In the earlier part of the Mishnah, we said that if the case was completed while the father was alive, it then becomes part of his estate, even though it wasn't yet collected. Rabbi Shimon disagrees and says that if the money was not yet collected before the father died, then it belongs to her and not to the brothers. However, her wages, which the wages of a na'ara, go to the father, and her mitziah, anything that she finds, and if there's any benefits accruing to her, go to her father, even though they weren't yet collected. So let's say she was working somewhere and they owed her some maseyadayim. Even though she didn't collect them yet. And meitav, haren shalachin, here even Rabbi Shimon agrees that the money belongs to the estate. And even though it's, that which is going to be collected is like it is already collected vis-a-vis that problem. But Rabbi Shimon does disagree about the knas. The rest of our discussion today will focus on Rabbi Shimon's opinion, and we will not complete that discussion until the next podcast. So my Kamashlan, the first question the Gemara asks is, what's this Mishnah teaching us? After all, all the principal points in the Mishnah were already taught to us in the third parak. We already learned that the Mephata pays three, Boshep Kamukunas, and that the Onus adds Tsar. That was in the mission that we had uh, in the previous podcast. So the answer is This is for the first suggestion is that what we needed to learn here was that it goes to the father. That's also obvious. Obviously, if Mefate pays, he's paying the father. 
The Elats one, because if you think he's paying her, Amaya Himafata, why would a Mafata, where she was consenting, why would he pay her anything? After all, she, she agreed, which is why we had Rabbalazar's opinion about a Yotoma, that in the case of Mafata, you're Potter, because there is no father, it's coming to her, and she obviously was Mochalit by agreeing to have relations. So the fact that the Mafata is paying anything proves that it's going to the father. Uh, so I'm the Bedin You're right. You're right. What we really needed in this Mishnah, and if there's everything else in the Mishnah was a repeat of earlier statements, or things that could be easily inferred from earlier statements. What this Mishnah was needed for was because of the case of Amda Bedin, meaning that if the Dean happened while the father was alive and then father died, but it wasn't collected yet, Tanakama and Rabbi disagree about whether the money now belongs to the estate as per Tanakama or goes to her as per Rabbi Shimon. Now, that's, that kind of settles why the Mishnah is there. Now, we have a Mishnah in Shvuot. Tanantam. Anasto piti tat piti. A comes to Beitin and says to B, you were ones my daughter, which means you owe me money. And the guy says, didn't happen. So A made B take a Shvua to the effect that he didn't touch the daughter. And the guy said, Amen, which means that, it's as if he himself took a Shvua, that he is not liable for that. And then afterwards, B said, you know what, I did do it. Now, what is the case in the Torah, and there's a parsha at the end of a parsha of a yikra. Um, if a uh, if somebody is accused of a financial liability, a debt, as an example, um, and he takes an oath to the effect that he's not liable, and then later he admits that he is liable, not only does he have to pay back the piece, but he also has to pay what we call asham ilot uh, because of his violation of the shvua. And it's a shvuat kfirat mamon, because he took a shvuah in which he denied financial liability, which he later admitted to. And since hodat baldin dimdami, since his uh, owning up to his liability is as good as a hundred witnesses, therefore he has to pay in such a case. However, watch this. If a guy comes to, A comes to Beitin and says to B, you did, you are a mamones or mafata my daughter, and the guy says no, and takes a shvuah to that effect, and then admits that he did it. Rabbi Shimon Poter. So Tanakam says Chayav, Rabbi Shimon Poter. Why? Because Rabbi Shimon says, after all, since if you were to admit right off and say I I was always the daughter, you wouldn't have to be Kanas because motive Kanas Poter. That was the last mission in the third parak. Therefore, if somebody is mashbia you to a financial obligation and then you admit it, since your admission does not hold does not uh, make you liable to pay. And as had you admitted it from the get-go, you wouldn't be liable. Therefore, your denial is really not a denial of financial responsibility or liability. Now, Chachom said, They agreed with that. They said, but nonetheless, which are financial, which are monetary, which are mamon, and not a knas. And the proof is that they are based on, as we saw in the, in the last parak, they're based on her relative value as a betulan and vubula, or her status and the status of the guy vis-a-vis boshet. Therefore, that you would pay based on your own piece. And they said, therefore, what did Chachamim say? Therefore, you are chayav, korban shvua, because... You did have Kfirat Mamon. You were denying a Mamoni obligation, which is Boshidufkam. That's the Machlok. Now, 
We're interested in Rabbi Shimon's position. Because Rabbi Shimon says, not only if you admit that you were Ones, which everybody agrees, if you didn't admit you're Ones, you're Patur, because Mara Bekanas Patur, but even if it rolled its way through Beitin, and you took a Shvua to that effect, and then later admitted that you lied, you still wouldn't be Chayav a Shvua, because it was not Shvua Kfirat Mamon. It was Kfirat Kanas, which there is no such thing. Now, that, that Mishnah is just a setup for the real question. Abai asked Rabbah, So A says to B, So far it's like the Mishnah. We add a new twist. And remember, I took you to Beitin, and you were obligated to pay me, and you still haven't paid me. So now the accusation isn't about the act. The accusation is about the B's unwillingness to pay what he's already been uh, sentenced to pay. And the guy says, basically, never happened. I never touched your daughter. I was never in a court for this case. I was never never held liable. And then he took a shvua to that effect. And then he admitted that it all was true. Which means, what is he admitting to? He's admitting to the fact that he was honest the daughter. But more principally for our case, he is admitting that he had become financially liable in abating. Unlike the case in the Mishnah. Now, Abai asked Rabbi, in a case like that, will Rabbi Shimon my? How, how would Rabbi Shimon deal with it? Since in reality the guy had been in a court, and therefore this obligation of knas, because there were witnesses there who testified that he was only the daughter, and therefore he's chayav to pay knas, since that really happened, now he has to pay knas, and therefore this shvu, the, the shvua that he took would now be a shvuat kfarat mamon, and he would be chayav shvua, for chayav korban. Perhaps the fact that the payment is still essentially a kras payment is not lost, and that doesn't change, and therefore it's a kras, and therefore he's not chayav, according to Rabbi Shimon. What do you think, Rabbi? Amarle, Rabbi said, Rabbi said to Abaye, my dear nephew, indeed, once the issue under dispute is not so much the act of onus, but the fact that the defendant was already held liable in a beitin, which means it's been turned into mamon, therefore it's mamon, and therefore when this fellow denied being in beitin and being held liable and then later admitted to it, that was shvuat kfirat mamon, and therefore um, and therefore he's chayv korban shvuah. Good, that's Rabba's answer to Abaye. So now Abaye answered back and said, I might think, so Bishimon says, I might think that if a guy comes up to some other guy and says, you were Ones, my daughter, and the guy says, I wasn't, remember the case of if the ox kills a person's slave, you have to pay 30 shekels, it's a kanas. So a guy says, your ox killed my slave, and the other says, it didn't happen. Or his evet says to him, "You poked out my eye, or you you uh, you punched out my tooth," which of course would allow the evet to go free, and that's a knas because the freedom of the evet is not necessarily commensurate, and in most cases wouldn't be commensurate to the damages. And in every case, any one of these cases, the accused takes a shvur to the fact that he never did these things. Vehodan later admits he did. I might think he's chayav, korban shvur. Talmud Lomar, therefore, look at Pasuk number one. The case is where you deny, that means b'shvua, you deny against your fellow. Vefikadon, with a bail, or b'tsumit yad, or b'gazel, or ashakat amito, any financial liability. 
you found an Aveda and you denied that you had it. And you took an oath, which was false. And then the next thing is you have to bring Corbin. Just like that whole list is things that are Mamon. Therefore, Corbin uh, Shvua only applies to Kfirat Mamon and not Kfirat Knas. Therefore, if the guy comes and says, your ox killed my, uh, my Eved, and the guy takes a shvua and says, never happened, and then he turns and says, yeah, it did happen, I'm sorry. Well, not, I'm sorry, he doesn't have to say that. Then he is patur from the korban, because he was not denying a mamonichiyuv, but rather a knas. Now, what is the circumstance that Rabbi Shimon was talking about? My love, Bishamad Bedin, isn't this talking about a case where what the, what the accuser is saying to, to the accused is you were already in a Beitin and you were already found liable for this and you haven't paid me yet. Which means that even in such a case, Rabbi Shimon says it's still a Knas and you don't have to pay. So Rabbi answers, Lo, Bishalom Bedin. This is talking about a case when it didn't yet come to court. In other words, Nothing had come to court. There perhaps weren't witnesses. And A comes and accuses B. You uh, did this to my daughter. You did this to my slave, etc. And um, and um, and the fellow takes a shvua and then later admits it. But there was no hamad abedin, which means this is just straight up knas. Now Abayah says vahami duresha b'shamad abedin. Since the earlier part of that statement, which we're going to see in a moment, is definitely about a case of after hamad abedin. And the rest of it, the part we just read, should be after Ahmad Abedin, and Rabbi Shimon still exempts you. How do we know that the Tani Reisha, what do we see in the earlier part of that statement? So far, I only know that you're Chai of Korban Shua. If you deny and later take an oath to that effect and later admit that you lied about things that are straight up Karen, meaning capital, the value. All of these kanasot, like paying double for a theft, which you talked about, any of these kanasot, how do I know that in all of these cases, Torah says in Pasuk number one, as you see, if the person should trespass against God, it says there to expand it to other cases. Me beyond the mamonot that are in the, in the list. So now, hechidami, what, what's the circumstance where you'd be chayav for these things? If it's before hamad abedin, there is no kefal, there's no arab hamisha. In other words, if uh, somebody comes to me and accuses me of, of stealing, and I come to Beit and I admit that I stole, there's no kefal. Kefal only happens after Beitin found, found me guilty of stealing, then there's kefal. Alright, so if we, if the, this statement expands the chiyuv of Korban Shvua to, to Knasot, these kind of Knasot can only kick in after there's Amara Bedin, which means the Reisha is in a case of Amara Bedin, so we would assume that the Seifa is also, and therefore when Rabbi Shimon speaks up in the Seifa and says, you're Patur because it's a Knas, disagreeing with Chachamim, uh, therefore he's talking about even after Amara Bedin, and therefore Rabbi should not be called Mamon at that point, it should, be, uh, it should still be called Knas. So Amarle, Rabbi answered back. I could have answered as follows. He's kind of giving away his hand. I could have given the following answer. I could have said, you know what, the whole statement, the first half of the statement is after Amar Abedin, and the second half of the statement is, if, is a case where there's not Amar Abedin, it's pre- before that. The entire, bright, the entire statement is authored by Rabbi Shimon. And therefore, you wouldn't have a challenge because I would simply have split between the Reisha and the Seifa. 
But I'm not going to give you a bad answer. Why is it a bad answer? Because you would just respond back to me. If the entire statement is Rabbi Shimon, it should have started out with Rabbi Shimon says, or it should have ended these are the words of Rabbi Shimon. It doesn't have it. Rather, in the middle, Rabbi Shimon disagrees. So it's clear that the first part of it is not Rabbi Shimon. And therefore, how do we set this up with the circumstance? The entire statement is after Hamad Abedin. The first part of it is the Rabbanan, because the Rabbanan say that uh, you do have to pay for Knas, uh, right? And say for Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon disagrees and says you do not have to pay for Knas, meaning you're not Chayav Korban Shvuah if you denied the Knas. And I agree with you, Abaye. In other words, you're challenging me, Abaye, because I said that Rabbi Shimon in a case like that would, re- would relate to the thing as Mamon. He said, I agree with you that Rabbi Shimon would say you're exempt from a Shvua in a case like that. Meaning, even in a case like that, where the accusation was not that you did an act that carries a Kanas, but rather that you had already become financially liable for an act that carries a Kanas. I will admit to you that Rabbi Shimon will still say that you're exempt. Why? From Mivachichesh. Right? Because the entire Jewish Rabbi Shimon said that the whole list is about issues of Mamon. For what purpose did I say that Rabbi Shimon considers it Mamon? That it now becomes part of the estate and therefore it's a Yerusha. And therefore Rabbi Shimon will agree in a case like that that the money, even though the father dies, then goes to the brothers and not to the girl. So, um, a we're only partway through this discussion, but we'll pick it up in the next podcast on Daf Membet Amud Bet. Everybody should have a wonderful day.